Uh, fantastic. I love those kind of conversations. Mom, you back? Hang on one second. My wife's in here and she's asking me something. <laughs> you have a wife? God damn it. <laughs> ben, he's like 30 years older than us. I don't care. <laughs> he's got a wife. And? You're younger like, than I am. You shouldn't be jonesing for that kind of shit yet. I'm barely jonesing for it right now. I'm just saying, you know, when you go over to another guy's house and he has a fish on the mantelpiece and caught that, it, you get a little jealous is all. I, mean, <laughs> I never caught that caught that kind of fish before. Well, you know, Rand, Randy's different in that his wife can actually fit on his mental place. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of nice. Yeah, that is kind of It's a trophy wife there. You landed it, <laughs> lured her in with a pair of gotchy shoes or something. Everybody, welcome to episode 33 of Elder Speak, the official podcast of ElderGeek.com. This week we're going to be talking a little bit about Dead Space 2, Treyarch moving to a different time period, panning novels, uh, Dragon Age Origins, Demon Souls, Left 4 Dead 2, and uh, this week as a guest we've got Ben the Sage from That Guy with Glasses. Um, we're going to probably just start off this week as normal with, uh, you know, I shouldn't even say as normal because we keep uh, we keep changing this around. Let's uh, let's do let's talk about what we've been doing geeky this week, and then we'll do news, and then we'll do the topic of the week, which is. Uh, which has been the sage. Um, uh, Mott, you you kind of were half off last week, so why don't you go ahead and start up? Uh, tell us about what you did geeky this week. Well, uh, well, I, I actually tried to play a, a bit of uh, the Saboteur, um, which I got for PC, um, and I have a good PC, mind you. Uh, but some for some reason it just uh, it it doesn't really. It lags. It, it sort of slows down when I when I you know drive a car or something like that, and I, I just it, it annoyed me to no end. So I, until I figure out what the problem is, I'll probably won't play it anymore. That being said, I got to play about an hour of it before you know I got too sick of the lagging, and uh, it's. And what kind of what? Well, how fast is your PC, by the way? So people know like if they're like, oh, you know, Monster's PC sucks or Monster's PC is a, a, a beast. What what kind of thing are you running? Uh, I'm running dual 9600 uh, GTX. No, G- GT cards uh, from... Uh, Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, so I'm running them in SLI, and then I'm running a AMD Phenom uh, processor with four cores, uh, 3.3 gigahertz um, of uh, each core, and then, um, let's see... Uh, so there, six, there is... Six, six gigabytes of DDR, DDR2 RAM... Uh, there's no reason for this to, to lag then. No. You've got you've got a pretty beastie machine. I then. can run Crisis in almost top settings. So. Fucking A, yeah. man. So this shouldn't be lagging. Uh, but then again, this game isn't made for the PC first. It, it was made for consoles. So I could see that being the reason. Because, uh, you know, they might not have optimized it for every single graphic card out there and stuff like that. So... Um, it's almost as if it runs out of video memory and then doesn't, you know, recache. So it, it, you know, it goes fine for a while, and then it just sort of starts lagging for a period of time, and then it stops lagging. So 
it's weird. So what what did you think of the game or what you played so far? Uh, it looks pretty good. Uh, I can see myself liking this. The controls are a bit weird though. Uh, it has free climbing, uh, just like Assassin's Creed or Infamous. Uh, but you don't hold down a button or anything. You actually manually press jump or spacebar each time you want to grab a new ledge. And he and it sort of awkwardly jumps towards it mm. instead of just you know grabbing the next ledge and the next ledge and the next ledge. So it looks kind of weird, and it, it feels kind of weird to, you know, a spacebar on a, on a computer keyboard. Yeah, that's a big, blocky um, button, you know, that makes a decent amount of noise when you press it. Um, so it, it, it feels kind of weird that way. Uh, otherwise, the shooting is okay. Uh, the hand-to-hand fighting is really good. Uh, you know, you can kick, you can uh, do a basic light combo and a basic heavy combo, and uh, the, the animation and all that is really top-notch, so I, I really like that. Um, other ones, uh, the story seems kind of strange, uh, kind of cliched, but at the same time interesting, so we'll see how huh. it goes. Cool. Yep. Very cool. So, uh, anything else? Uh, well, I did play some Left 4 Dead, which I didn't get to talk about last week, and I did play some uh, some Dragon Age Origins, but I'll leave that up to Gavin. <laughs> yep. Boom. Perfect segue into Gavin. Into me? What? what yeah. This podcast is taking weird turns, kind of like Fantastic Voyage, but sure. Uh, why not? Um, my weekend geeky is indeed all about Dragon Age Origins, but mysteriously not about actually playing the game. I did do a couple origin stories on my 360 version that I purchased. But while scoping out my um, near near and dear play and trade to me, I saw a used copy of the Collector's Edition. And that's extraordinarily rare for a used copy of the Collector's Edition to, of a game to be in stores about a week after it releases. So I did the exchange thing with my 360 version to get my PS3 version, which I completely forgot that I already spent the money for the DLC on the 360 version. So now <laughs> I'm going to have to rebuy that on the, uh, on the PS3 version because it didn't come with the... Uh, with the vouchers, which it usually comes in because it was used. So that was a lot of fun. But again, going through the origin stories, having a lot of fun. I particularly like the Dalish um, elf introduction. That's where you're the rogue kind of elves that are living in the forest. But other than that, mo- most of my time is actually spent um, looking at the reaction to our recently posted top 10 most anticipated games list on the site. <laughs> and we've been getting a couple of interesting feedback. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, we had a very energetic voiceover from Will, our guest from last week's podcast. That seemed to get a lot of uh, attention, but mostly we got a lot of flack. Um, a, because we didn't include StarCraft 2, and I believe I can speak for myself, is the reason we're, we're not really sure if that's coming out in 2010. Blizzard says, <laughs> yeah, but Blizzard has said, yeah, before, so and we're a bit shaky and too shaky to actually include on the list and yeah. um, if I may speak so bluntly as the forum users have said not on our side of course our forums our users are great and benevolent and goodwilled and all that but um, <laughs> apparently we are sucking the dick of the consoles with our um, top ten lists uh, which is such shit absolutely. because one third of the one third of the list was, was PC games I evidently because we don't have it doesn't matter uh, for most of the list, all that matters is we have to have a PC game in the top three. I think there's a method. But we did. Of... We had we had Battlefield Bad Company two within true. the top three, didn't we? Uh, and true. and honestly, if you play if you play Battlefield Bad Company two, if you've got a PC that can run Battlefield Bad Company two or two, and you choose to play it on console, then you are a silly, silly person. Yeah. Um. I think now don't get me wrong because uh, Battlefield Bad Company two is going to be pretty badass. Um. I had a, a chance to play some of the beta um over at Nate's house actually, who's incredibly addicted to it, and that game is amazing. 
I don't care what anybody says. I don't care who questions our putting it on that top ten list. That game is amazing, and it's going to suck the lives out of a lot of people. <laughs> and that's probably why it's so high. But um, evidently, <laughs> you need a PC exclusive in the top three or something to avoid these uh, cat calls. I think there's a method we just missed entirely on putting up the list. But um, just want to remind. Yeah, that method's yeah. called lying. <laughs> yeah, I'd also like actually... to remind everyone that. Uh, sorry to break you off there. Uh, we. Uh, are not objective when when picking this list. We pick what we want to pick. We don't give a crap what you want. We just <laughs> we just, oh, we at just all. Like, in any like, circumstances, you are complete erroneous and irrelevant to our lives. <laughs> well, it's it was the top ten that our staff as a whole, you know, wanted to see most in 2010. And I think as as a whole, our staff, you know, saw the fact that Mass Effect 2 was going to be exactly like Mass Effect 1. Though we're all incredibly excited about the game, it's just not in our top ten. And uh, the same thing could be said about Bioshock 2. We're all super jazzed and, and stuff, but we just didn't see it as our top ten. We want to see ten games that are at least somewhat fresh. Indeed. But that hey. being said, if we did a top 20, for example, I'm pretty <laughs> sure most of those games would be in it. I think it yeah, absolutely. Too much there. I yeah, think yeah. I, don't want to do, I don't want to do a top 20. <laughs> Fuck that. Yep. <laughs> we I put a lot of work <laughs> I think I love it because of all this flock we're getting, that's just more views, and I'm fine with that. But I just yeah. would like to relate to everyone that's watching this. Make sure to actually listen what is said in the video, because I'm pretty sure worked. I I I'm throwing you know rocks it, rocks into the ocean here. I'm just hoping someone will, <laughs> someone will, and will follow my instructions. Listen mm-hmm. before commenting, but no, no one will. That's right, no one will. That's oh, okay. and watch, that's a, oh, and watch the whole video, especially when it gets number one. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So many people thought that we actually picked Harry Potter as number one. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't believe that. And we we said Lego Harry Potter, and then just kidding came half a second after that. And everybody apparently so many people like just stopped the video Based out of angst. They just there was like yeah they raged force F forward that they closed alt F forward and closed the window. <laughs> but anyway, so we're that, was... that was my weekend geek Dragon Age Origin purchasing woes and laughing at the. Uh, at the reaction we got for our top 10 most anticipated which if you haven't watched go and bitch in the comments section everyone else yeah has. bitch away bitch away it's fun that was my weekly and geeky most definitely yeah you're going Very for cool. the troll mentality here no it's not really the troll mentality but honestly when in Rome um but Ben I, now can you I, can to... I uh, just before we move on can I make a comment oh. about uh, Dragon Age Origins <laughs> Please? Oh, yeah, for Please. sure. We made a comment you? on everything else, Mons. Go ahead. <laughs> Did you guys find the combat in that game sort of... Um, uh, non- Engaging non- and... Non-satisfying? And... <laughs> it's based on the Baldur's Gate style yeah, but of combat. For some... That game's 10 this years is... old, so... Yeah, but, off. you know, something about how, you know, when you do a finishing move, you chop off someone's head and all that. That looks really cool. But when you're just standing there punching a boss with your swords and you see no reaction whatsoever, it kind of ruins it a bit for me. I'm but... sorry you're not cutting someone in half with a chainsaw gun, Mots, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, not everything can be uber violent. No, but you know what though, in, in the same that in that same thread though, Mots, because because Bioware was responsible for the original Knights of the Old Republic, I was hoping to see that kind of combat, that cinematic feel combat for mm-hmm. what they did in the game. You know, so when a guy with a sword ran up to a guy with um, you know, uh, a crossbow or a guy with another sword. I was hoping that they would have at least some preset animations to make it look more cinematic. Mm. But um, I mean, even in WoW, you see uh, blood spill once in a while. You know, 
uh, yeah. while in Dragon Age Origins, it just looks like you don't even hit the guy with the sword. Although yeah. you do keep your blood on you when you go into cinematics, although it looks that... like you're covered in jam. Not really yeah, blood. That... Like you fell that... into like a wine tasting contest or something. It's hilarious. <laughs> you fell into a wine tasting little... contest, Gavin? Yes, you fell you... into a place of wine tasting contestment. Come, come on, Ben. Come on, Ben. Really? You've never fa- fallen into a wine tasting place before? Uh, I live in Northern California. You kind of step into them every time you go outside of your house. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought, like, every convenience store in Northern California was technically, like, a winery of sorts well, in Northern California. they sell, they just don't have a good variety. That's, that's <laughs> Well, actually, let's let's change gears, though, now that we've got Ben talking. Ben, tell us about your week this week. What did you do geeky this week? Uh, I guess the geekiest thing that anyone can do is write a novel, <laughs> if you really think about it. I mean, it... Should, are we allowed to ask you what the novel's about? Oh, because yeah. there's there's some writers who are like, if I, if I tell you what it's about out loud, then the story has been told and I can't write about it anymore. Well, I can, I can tell you what the story is about. I just won't tell you how it ends. Can you read it to us? If you <laughs> story want. time with Uncle Ben? <laughs> if, you, if, if you really, really want. I don't know uh, that we that's do, what we're, we're just placating you. We're, we're really just placating you, Ben. We couldn't really... We couldn't care less. But go on. <laughs> So I, I'm guessing you. <laughs> the novel is basically about a guy who attains a teaching position at a private college, but he really could not care less about the position, and he does almost everything in his power to screw with the students. And the novel kind of delves into his relationship with uh, the dean of the college, and also with his own personal uh, personal relationship with his father and uh, with the people closest to him. Sounds kind of like House the Teacher. House the Teacher. Uh, Doctor House, yeah. Doctor House <laughs> the Teacher. I wouldn't. Say, I wouldn't say. All right. He's House in that the guy is very smart, but he's not like House in that he really does not care. I mean, House has a conscience. House has a conscience. This guy, Wait, not so much. How many episodes of House have you watched? I've watched nearly all of them. Wow, okay, more than me. But yeah, I can see that. No. Sounds great, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like, sounds great. Cool. Yeah. What, uh, <laughs> sounds great. Totally not buying that, even if you print it at Kinko's. <laughs> Do you have a title for it, Yeah, it's uh, called The Genius of Professor Clay. Huh. There you have it. Sounds fascinating. Um, what motivated the the writing of this? It doesn't seem like some you know, spontaneous idea. You just get like in the middle of flossing or something. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's how James Joyce wrote Ulysses. <laughs> yeah, but he was drunk. Well, Are you drunk yeah. Finish? I promised I would stay clean. No, but uh, <laughs> uh I guess uh, what drove me to uh, begin writing this is I feel like I had a story to tell. And I figure that this is a great way to get it out. Cool. Cool. That's awesome, man. If you should be proud. I hope I hope it works out for you, man. It should. It should. Are you are you hunting are, like are you far enough along that you can send sample chapters off to publishers or anything? Uh, I technically speaking, yes. But I feel more comfortable once I get one more chapter down. I get like a whole act, if you will. Send them. Okay. Send them to All like, right. literary agents or yeah, I prefer agents. Usually, when you when uh, publisher houses uh, accept uh, unsolicited manuscripts, they're not in the best position to uh, give you the kind of support a novel really needs. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like you got a great plan, though. It's 
you don't go into a project like this without some sort of uh, semblance of an idea what you want to do. You don't just go kind of like, and then he does something. There we go. <laughs> I read that book. Day one. That chapter is over. That chapter is over. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have some chicks to lay because all women love authors. <laughs> that sounds like something Jack Black would say. <laughs> Although not in that voice. Yeah. Rock on. <laughs> um, actually, my week in Geek Changing gears over to me, not to be selfish or anything. Um, I, I've been playing uh, two games uh, kind of off and on. I've, I've been playing uh, Left 4 Dead 2, uh, and I've been playing uh, Demon Souls. And I'm, I feel like I'm kind of late to the game with both of them. I, I've been toying with Demon Souls like all you know for a while now, but. Uh, um, I finally really gave it a solid spin in my PS3, and I gotta say, um, personally, I I I think that's a it's a wonderful game, but I hate it. <laughs> I hate it, and I love it at the same time. It's like Gollum with the ring, and I I swear to you, it's um, I, I'm incredibly addicted to the game, and it's really fucking hard, and I die, and and. Not only when you die do you just die, but this is the kind of game that when you die, it then crushes you in the nuts. It's like, oh, you, you think that that was unfortunate? Well, now that you're trying to go back and get all the experience you just lost, we're going to kill you again. And therefore, the experience you tried to get back is gone for fucking ever. And so, um, I, I don't give a shit about people talking about how they want uh, their games to be hardcore and stuff. I think this one might be just a little bit too hardcore for me. I'm playing the game and getting fucking frustrated, and so instead of having fun, uh, I'm getting mad and just replaying the game and replaying the game and replaying the game. Yeah, so. and just to clarify, this is a guy that plays pretty much all games he really loves on the most difficult difficulty. So Yeah, absolutely, but you know what? I, I can't do it anymore. So I, I literally put it into the box, and I have the box like hidden, so I don't pull it out and put it back into my PS3. <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, I've been I also started playing, um, like I said, uh, Left 4 Dead 2, which which I'm liking. I'm liking the fact that uh, you know here I am playing my my favorite zombie shooting game again. You know, Left 4 Dead, and I've got some new maps. But um, Mots, when you wrote the review for that man, I think you hit the nail right on the head. This 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 whole fucking game could have been downloadable content. I don't give a shit what reviewer says that um, this could have been done as a, could only be done as a standalone project. Um, bullshit. Um, we, we got our copy as a review copy from Valve, so it's not like, you know, we're saying this out, out of, like, kindness or, or Valve is paying us off or anything, but uh, that game is a blatant cash-in. But it's a good game. It's a hell of a lot of fun. But uh, there is no huge significant improvement over Left 4 Dead 1. Yeah, just to, just to restate what I what I said in my closing statement for, of the review, this is a very good game, but if you own the first one, just don't bother with it. Because if you yeah. don't own the first one, go and buy this right away. And that's absolutely true. Yeah. Absolutely true. If you don't own Left 4 Dead 1, buy Left 4 Dead 2, because it's a, it's a fun game and you're going to have an awesome time with it. But you have if you already have Left 4 Dead 1... And you think you're going to be getting something totally different than than what you've already been playing? You're totally mistaken. Mm. I think I, actually. Uh, um, oh yeah, go ahead, Ben. I was just going to segue into the point you're going to make anyway. Yeah, I was going to. I reviewed that game on my site, and uh, I cannot tell you the torrential downpour I got because I didn't give it a stellar review for it. And uh, a lot of people, um, a lot of people. I, I, I say people, but uh, the jury's still out on that. The fanboys. <laughs> I'm going to call them fanboys. Uh, are just so hateful, really hateful about the fact that uh, I was bored with the game. But what do you want me to say, though? I I was bored to tears with the game. I really was. There was not enough variety in that game to 
make me want to complete the game to keep on playing rather. And the fact that the it was so it was it tried to make it so the game tried to make itself so I want to say user friendly because you can pick and choose any part of the campaign you can play. Yeah. And uh, and it's a great co-op experience and it's a great multiplayer experience but you know past that it's just I could not keep myself playing that. I said, "Okay, I spent 3 hours in this game and it just becomes this whole gray mass of blob. It's just it's so indiscernible for me to really pick out a memorable moment for myself. I mean, pretty much every single uh, chapter, every single uh, you know act rather, yeah. follows the same formula. You get from point A to point B until the final chapter where you basically have to stay in one place and then fight it out until some rescue chopper or rescue boat comes. Hmm. It's now I think I think you would probably have a little bit of a different. Um... Uh, feel for the. Did you did you play the the original Left 4 Dead? No, I didn't. But uh, see, if you were if you were a fan of zombie movies and I, I played made that point, I made that point. Like, if you like the zombie mythos, if you like the whole like, a Dawn of the Dead or um, yeah. Night of the Living Dead, you will have a lot of fun with it. I'm I'm not trying yeah. to you know downplay that. If you right right, if you like the co-op and if you like just blowing heads off zombies, then this is the game for you because this is the one thing it does and it right. does it good. But yeah, I just can't. It's not enough for me. It's not enough yeah. to just blow heads off of zombies. Chainsaw, as much fun as it was, uh, didn't wasn't enough for me. You can't just slap that. I called it a one-trick pony, and a lot of people lambasted me for that, or at least attempted to. And I just could not. I just could not bring myself to say that I really enjoyed it. It's like no, no, this game is totally not for me. It it can't be you. Oh, it can't be for you if you like the mythos, but. No. <laughs> I'm just going to make one, one last point on this. Uh, if you really want to enjoy this game, play Versus. Just don't yeah. bother with the campaign, because the, the, the variety that Versus uh, brings you as a player is just... It, it can't be matched by the, by the pure campaign experience. So, um, and, yeah. you know, the new, the new zombies really, you know, uh, display their... Well, it really shows you how fun it can be when you play the new zombies. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that about uh, wraps it up for our, our uh, wiki and geeky. We're going to be right back after a quick break uh, with the news. Hey, Elder Geeks. Got an idea for the site? Or do you have a topic that you'd like for us to talk about on Elderspeak? Be sure to drop us a suggestion on either the forums or by sending an email to info at elder-geek.com. Hey everybody, welcome back from break. I'm taking over once again to go through the news real quick, and we're just going to start by diving right in. And our first topic for this week is Dead Space 2 has been announced and revealed and confirmed and whatnot. Uh, Visceral Games, the studio that produced the first one, is still um, on board for this one, as is EA. Uh, although you would want um, to note that Glenn Scho- um, Schofield, Schofield, whatever, the um, executive producer of the original has left EA for the new Activision studio. But most of the core team uh, apparently is on board for the second one, and it looks like Isaac Clarke will also be on board again for the protagonist role, as he was in the last game. So anyone with a PlayStation 3, 360, or PC will look forward um, sometime probably uh, late 2010 or at the very, very latest, mid-2011. Uh, what do you guys think about this? 
I, uh, I enjoyed yeah, the original Dead Space. So my, I have high hopes for this game. I love the action horror, uh, action horror feel that the game had. And I, I, I won't be. I'm not lying when I say it's probably one of my most anticipated games right now. Wow. Wow. Dead Space really yeah. left a mark on you, huh? Yeah, it did. I love the. I love that genre, and I think that the environment was well utilized throughout that game. And I felt that. You know, it was short. There's not a lot to the game once you beat it. So it's in the sequel. I hope maybe they'll find a way to really, maybe put more into it. And I'm also fig- love to figure out how Isaac Clark will return, considering how the original Dead Space ended. Which I don't think we'll exactly, go into yeah. just for spoilers. But um, yeah, according to what I got here for the uh, sequel, we're gonna have a much larger um, environment that's gonna make the Ishimura from the first game look like um, just a blip on the radar. So hopefully that will also include maybe a hub. Maybe something that will allow the gameplay to expand beyond just uh, what's the word um, linear progression. So what, um, Randy? Yeah, that Moss, sounds bad think? to me though. Yeah, I like the linear progression of it. There's no backtracking. Well, at least not as much backtracking. Yeah, there was. Well, some... the thing is, in, in Dead Space, when you had backtracking, the the environments were, were always transformed, just like in Batman: Arkham Asylum, for example. Uh, so. Uh, and and you know, I I don't like the idea of it being you know bigger because the whole whole idea with Dead Space was that it was claustrophobic. Yeah, I agree with Mots. Well, I, I have to say, like my my least favorite environment in that entire game was when you were fighting that final boss. It was like you were like ah sunlight, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And, and you're like put me back into my little you know crawl hole with the spiders and shit coming at me. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree with Mots. I, I want the more closed environment. I just hope that there's more closed environments yeah. to crawl well, through. What I meant by hub is not necessarily meaning more open environments. It could just be a central location in which you can branch off to even more claustrophobic hallways, which I agree was a main selling point for the first game. The audio so like design, a subway sense, terminal, like a subway terminal that you travel to and from. Yeah, I mean the first game did have that in a sense that it had multiple hubs in which you have to return to to progress to the next chapter. What mm. this new, uh, what this new hub large space could possibly be is just one that's universal to the story. You just keep returning to it. And then go to another claustrophobic hallway, and the environments will transform along the way, like Moth said. Here's a very good example. You guys remember the uh, when you were at the down at the floor of the docking bay, mm-hmm. and with all the pillars and stuff. That was yeah. horrible gameplay. Yeah, so, it kind of was. I, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't game breaking, but it just didn't feel as good as when you were actually in the tighter spaces. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's very simple. The aiming of that game just isn't uh, made for long. You know, you're not supposed to. Uh, you know, have to turn around quickly and uh, and, and you know uh, span the the uh, crosshairs over the screen. So yeah. there, there was only yeah. one real game, real, real gun in that game, anyway. So true. The yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Everything else, technically speaking, was a tool. So yeah. Mm. Indeed, yeah. but um, we're getting far too off topic here. Dead Space 2 is confirmed, <laughs> so regardless of what we're looking for, it we're going to get it. So keep an eye on that, but we're moving on. We're moving on to a game that's not as well-received as Dead Space or pretty much any other game this year. Tony Hawk Ride, the recently released peripheral skateboarding game from, of course, Tony Hawk himself. Um, the man has come forward, the skateboarding guru, to talk back to the critics that so unjustly uh, reviewed his game. He claims that they didn't give it a good chance. They already had preconceived notions before reviewing it, and basically just going along that for a couple of paragraphs in his interview with the uh, Sudbury Star, which is a Canadian newspaper. So you got to think. You got to think that. 
you gotta think that he didn't really talk to anyone before he did this. He didn't talk to a publicist or or anyone who would give him advice, saying don't do this. Because uh, you know he could have sort of dismissed himself from the whole process. He could have pretended like he had nothing to do with the game. Well, it's kind um, of hard when it, the game is called Tony Hawk Ride. No, it's not. Everyone, everyone thought he was just the name attached to the game before he came out and said this. Well, well um, not necessarily. He... Tony Hawk has always been very um, closely involved in the production of his franchise. I mean, back when it was Pro Skater, um, he he often, even if it was just in a uh, public relations department, he was always very aggressive in his support of the product. Yeah, but you know that. How many people, other people do? True. Okay, I'm going yeah. from my perspective here. No, oh, it's <laughs> you. you... That game was such a specialized kind of game. I mean, that guy is a professional skateboarder, so when he's using that peripheral, he has some skateboarding expertise, so it's like, I don't know what these guys are complaining about. These controls are awesome! And the yeah. guys who never skateboarded in their entire life get on that. It's like, what the fuck is this shit? I think well, I think the, the bigger difference is, though, because I think the problem is even skaters are playing this game and saying, what the fuck is this? The difference is Tony Hawk has been, like, actually playing the game through the entire uh, development process of this. So by the time the finished products come around, he's probably logged a good, you know, 40, 50, you know, game hours on it, and, and he probably can control it just fine. He probably does not see anything wrong with it because he's invested the time. Most gamers are not going to want to invest the time that much time if they've especially for a casual bucks. game that's supposed exactly. to be a casual game absolutely right. kind of... now I, I wish they could just do a simple fix I really wish they could just say hey let's fix the controls and on the controller you know but it's not on a controller you know the game is not set yeah. on you can't rent it there's you know honestly I think that was probably his biggest you know d-bag move right there was making it a, a title that is unrentable um Anyway, that's it. But that's it, my. The original sense. Guitar Hero was like that, though. But that was it was, but game. once all of its sequels and all of its sequels and stuff came out, you could rent those sequels and play those with your original Guitar Hero peripheral. And I don't. Yeah, think just, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I I think him coming out and saying this is worse than him making a bad game. Really? Yeah. 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 I I could just, agree with that. It's just media suicide. You just don't. You just. I mean, how many of these uh, reviewers? Or, or journalists uh, in the game industry will want to, you know, support uh, their next product, or will want to, you know, show enthusiasm. None yeah, because if he, if he gets, yeah, if he releases another game after this, Tony Hawk's, you know, Super Ride or whatever that it might be called, um, every goddamn reporter out there is going to buy it and play it, and they're going to give it the shittiest review as quickly as they can because this one was such a, a media goldmine. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee there won't be any sequels for Tony Hawk Ride because we recently got reports of the game selling only 114,000 units, which for a game at that rate and at that media blitz is pathetic. And unfortunately for Activision, that is their second biggest uh, second biggest flop of the year next to DJ Hero, another 120 buck game that Ooh. did not do well. So unfortunately, yeah, but DJ Hero actually is a good game though. Yeah, that's true. I'm going so for mostly it's, the media It caters side. to such a specific audience. You can't expect it to have widespread success, especially with the music that it's provided with. 
I'm still, yeah, but it's Act- yeah. it's Activision guys. I'm sure they made their money back with Modern Warfare 2. They're fine. They're fine. Oh, Activision, if you want to make some money off DJ Hero, just just put out a soundtrack of it because I want the mixes. I I can do without the game. Just give me the Daft Punk exclusive album. I'll be yeah, happy. Or sell it with Daft Vision goggles. I will. I will bought that. <laughs> well, we got to move on, guys. So we're gonna actually go from uh, Activision to Treyarch now. Um, Act. Activision still, but the same um, one of the two studios that the company uses to produce the um, Call of Duty series. And with Infinity Ward's Modern Warfare 2 release going so well, they've now turned their attention back to Treyarch. And based on a job posting for a lo- lover, excuse me, level builder on their site, they're calling for research into subject matter for history and the look of the level. And with um, announcements made prior to, uh, excuse me, after uh, World at War, meaning that they put World War II to bed, as I said, it means that perhaps the next Treyarch Call of Duty will be taking a new a new historical period and making it all deadly keep and in, suitable. Keep in mind Go also ahead. that um, Treyarch, Treyarch has for a long time been talking about doing their own thing. So this could be That's that true. as well. True, That's that true. is possible. But um, yeah. if Call of Duty is... An, uh, excuse me, my voice is cracking. I'm 13 again for some reason. <laughs> but if it's Elder Geek my ass, you're lying. <laughs> I'm only 13. <laughs> um, but if the next Call of Duty is being in another historical period, what do we want it to be? Oh, uh, man. Um, I think Nam, as, as much baggage as this country has, could could uh, could conceivably open its way into some interesting uh, locales, at least. I, I, think, like, I think Bennett here just pimping out like, Nam. Not Vietnam, you're like, Nam. It was like, like Nam, man. man. You know, because of numb, I can't have no legs, buy no shoes, save a ton of money, but fuck that. <laughs> so what were you going to say, Bennett? I, I was saying that uh, Nam, for, you know, like it or you know, like it or not, the, the, uh, the country, our country has a lot of baggage when it comes to that kind of time period. But it would, uh, think conceivably, provide uh, an engrossing experience, at least to the stagnant, stagnant pool that is the historical first-person shooter. I agree with that. Yeah, mm. that what game you... that that environment has been used before, like Shell Shock, Nom sixty seven, and uh, I think. Oh god, I know there was there's been others, but that's the only one that comes to uh, mind. Right now. That was mediocre at best. Yeah, Battlefield uh, Moss was correct, but uh, Moss, yeah. Randy, what do you guys want for the next historical Call of Duty? If that is what this job posting entails. I am... Um, go ahead, Moss. You go. I am thinking World War One. You know, Red Barons, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's, uh... I mean, the, the weapons used will be very limited. Yeah, but, I mean, they could they could play with it. They could, no, they there's could. actually... There's plenty of, uh... You know, there were there were machine guns back then. There were lots of rifles. There were rifles, um, but, I think, but I think because of the, uh... If you really want to be historical... If they're trying to be historically accurate, then they would also entail, like... Well, really, you would have maybe a rifle and... I think that would change the gameplay so much that a lot of people would uh, just mm. rather not play with it. At least with the NOM and the, the more modern weaponry and the more um, the types of uh, vehicles used and the type of uh, technology used it could really open its way. Plus, to... plus, mm. Vietnam Call of Duty could have a Agent Orange minigame. Just like <laughs> from a plane, you spread Agent, Agent Orange across NOM. It would be awesome. Hey, it worked for Modern Warfare 2, why not? That's true. But, um, Randy, do you have an idea of where you want it set? 
Um, honestly, I don't have any idea of where I'd want it to set. It would be kind of neat if they if they actually explored several time periods. Um, you know, because there is always the possibility that that one soldier had lived through multiple you know wars. I mean, we were we were actually talking last week about Patton. Patton was actually alive in World War One and World War Two. So it would be kind of neat if you had a uh, you know somebody who who took place in multiple wars, and there was plenty of soldiers that fought both in you know. Um, uh, you know, in Europe and Japan, and then also went on to uh, fight in Korea as well. Sure. So it could be kind of neat to, to do like several uh, wars. So um, yeah, different environments oh, uh, and, and maybe different gameplay mechanics. Like he starts off as a grunt in World War One and World War Two. Maybe he's like part of a cavalry, and then finally in like the Korean War, he's like a general, so you can command troops. He's like eighty at that point <laughs> if he's in World War One and World War Two in. <laughs> Well, what's yeah. he, like, oh, like, he lied to get into the service or something. Like, he's 15 <laughs> in 1916. So yeah, he, he, would only, he would only be, like, 50 years old when Korean War... He yeah, could still be a general. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I would like to see some some new time periods. Korea would probably be my first uh, my first choice. Uh, second choice, although it would be not... It would be far less politically okay, would actually be um, Panama, believe it or not. Oh, uh, yeah. Ooh, that's... Yeah, a, that's I don't know uh, if there's also, been enough, like, conflict in Panama to really base a whole game off of it um i don't know the whole invasion from you know hw bush's uh uh you know invasion was i think there was plenty plenty there also, That's also does it have to, yeah it also, would be does definitely it have have, does it have to have english speaking uh countries involved Couldn't I, I i don't know it, could, I mean, it they, might they not did, i mean they did russia in in world in call of duty 2 and then they, they just translated it to english they also do, uh, you know, Britain as well. So yeah. uh, who knows? You might you might be playing the role of a French Foreign Legion person. That would be kind of badass. Maybe American gamers will not play anyone French. Come on. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Hey. But anyway, we're we're kind of we're kind of hovering a bit. Just gonna before we break topic, my fantasy, Call of Duty: Darkest of Days. Take the Darkest of Days theory, where you're time traveling through all the different periods, and you get to use pre- uh, period weaponry in addition to future weaponry, and then just slap the <laughs> Call of Duty name on it and make it a, a good game, a playable game. There we go. Get the Darkest of da- Days, guys on there they already did the historical research absolutely it would rock but it's yeah. not gonna happen and we're moving on we're moving on to electronic arts from activision to ea we're eventually going to move up to a studio bigger than that i don't think there is one but john riccatello uh riccatello is back on the scene and he has stated that the restructuring of, uh, restructuring of electronic arts has um led to the letting go or the layoffs of 1500 employees Despite that, they will still be focusing on new IP, supposedly, or at the very least, new games, which is not particularly out of the ordinary. But 1,500 layouts from EA, what do we think? Uh, that's certainly sad. I, yeah. I hope that the, the new IP is probably going to be coming from, um, of course, they're going to be coming from smaller development agencies, uh, all these, I don't these know. new IPs. I think DICE could be, uh, be ready for a new one. Hey. Well, aren't they aren't they responsible for Bad Company too? Yeah, but they yeah. did two games. They did they did two, uh, two games here. They did Mirror's Edge and then Battlefield. So ah, uh, and Mirror's Edge is not getting a sequel. Yeah, <laughs> that's the restructured EA. Although it did have some success on the iPhone. Mm. Yeah, it did. And uh, you know, Madden is always a sure you know sure in uh, cash hog as it were. Yeah, they have they have their main IPs, but um, fifteen hundred layouts is the main point of this. I mean, um, yeah. I'm just thinking from a perspective, I'm, I'm not running EA, of course, but um, such a major studio, uh, 1500 just seems like a, an overdramatic gesture in terms of financial restructuring. I'm not... Yeah, that's a small city, what they cut right there, Absolutely. or a small town. A, you know? 1500, I mean, that 
that's not just saying like what departments have been cut, not like developer or like advertising or PR. They don't they didn't say when like which fifteen hundred, right? They just said fifteen hundred. Oh no no, they no, they uh, people rarely released um, departments unless it's a singular studio saying we cut these people. So it's yeah. probably fifteen hundred across the board. Yeah. Which uh, and for a size that of could be, go ahead, that could be a production guys. That could be you know a factory uh, workers and stuff if they use their own. I mean that could be all kinds of stuff. So that, that could be, could be the lower rung right. of the workers. That's that is true. Yeah. But again, I mean, this is just you know, the latest. And and, you know. yeah. It's just the latest <laughs> in a long line of layoffs. It's it's depressing at this point. But um, any other thoughts before we wrap up the news then? Yep. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> lay off everybody, just you evil, evil people. I do think it's really sad. I, I just hope that they, they find way back onto their feet. Hopefully. I mean, there's been a lot of transfer of um, jobs. Hopefully these people, even if they're low-run production people, will find new jobs. But that's our hope. Happy holidays to them. Oh, yep. oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, well, then, uh, did they, wait a minute, did they say when it will happen, or is it just... Um, I believe it's already happened. Oh, okay. Yes, which led to the loss of 1,500 jobs. Yeah. Um, fiscal, uh, in terms of fiscal year, it's sane. It is a uh, opportune time, but still, that's the holidays, man. Um, you would think beginning of the year, but regardless, that is too much time we have for the news. We are out, and we're going to be heading back to break. See you guys. See you guys in a few. Twice a year, the 8-Bit Extravaganza holds a single elimination tournament to determine your idea of the best games from a particular era. 1993 saw the birth of the 32-64-bit generation. Three consoles dominated the gaming landscape. Sega Saturn, Sony PlayStation, and Nintendo 64 marched their way into our hearts, and a whole new era of console wars unleashed itself, fighting for our very souls. 16 years later, we emerge. 64 games from this era have been selected by you, and in this single elimination tournament there can be only one single winner battles will be held each week pitting games against each other in a life or death struggle for survival the games are depending upon you in order to remain alive in this sick twisted tournament where those you send off into the fires of hell are of no consequence the only thing that matters is the fate of your game and its journey into the 8 X hall of fame the rules of the tournament. Games face off in one-on-one -on -one battles. The audience votes, and the game with the most votes moves on in the tournament. How to vote? We, we do, do it live. 8BitX.com chat room or on the hotline. We have a tie. But it was tied up and was even. Ties are decided by the coin flip. The dope rule. I don't rule this. The host can overrule the current decision only one time per show. The executive challenge. Objection! We need 
and an executive challenge. I'm issuing an executive challenge. Audience can challenge a current decision, including a dope rule. And there's so many memorable moments. Part of my soul is being ripped out. Exactly. One week from my birthday. One. Two Whoa. weeks in a row. Michael I Jackson. Both of those games, more than you can know. Stupid <laughs> You think I forget? Charles again. Charles, I have some bad news for you, Charles. Go, go. How did we come to this conclusion? Honestly, I, I love the show, but I'm not going to have some big hair on it. Yeah, because the coin flip just happened. I heard it. All we had here was you dictating. Who's gonna win? Made me wanna like kill myself. I am at a loss for words here. Welcome to the 8-Bit X Tournament. Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, we've got with us uh, Ben the Sage from That Guy with Glasses. Um, ben regularly reviews games and catches a lot of shit for his reviews. Um, so Ben, uh, we're going to just fire a thousand and one questions at you. Uh, we'll, I don't know, maybe we'll go around the table. Um, so so tell us, I guess first and foremost, tell us about yourself, tell us what you do. Uh, what, uh, what I do, I do multiple of things, but I'm most well known for my uh, straight-laced video game reviews. On a site such as mine, where most of it is comedic, for, you know, reviews for comedic purposes, and uh, sketches and what have you, and then you come across my work, which is mainly uh, like, yeah, this game has controls have issues, and uh, the camera's not alright, or... It's so a lot of people say it's been dry these dry reviews, but I I do these uh, kind of actual reviews for a purpose. I, uh, I took a look at myself and I said, "What do you want to be? Do you want to be like another angry video game nerd ripoff, or do you want to find some kind of niche you can find yourself into, or do you want to be like a guy who whose advice on video gaming could be taken seriously and could be actually used as a barometer for people's purchases? I want to be the guy." Whose quotations are on the back of the video game box? You know, that's that's my goal. That's my all right. Goal. For good or for bad. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, sounds good. I, I love just I like to see the video game that is so you know self hating. Was like put my hateful quote on there. This game had lice in the game box. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop shitting blood. <laughs> Game's so bad it gave me cancer. Uh, Not as bad as Tony Hawk's Rise. <laughs> and it's still that it's coming out grand you. great stuff. Uh, any other uh, so I guess uh Mats, you gotta Yeah, uh so so what's the what's the purpose of your of your site the site you write for? What's the, you know, uh, demographic you're trying to get to? The, the demographic I think is uh the biggest draw to the site is uh Doug. He, he's the actual guy with the glasses and uh he has a series called uh, the Nostalgia Critic and uh he reviews movies that uh, have a nostalgic tinge to them and that are mainly horrible. Like, they're worse than you remember them being. And it's very pop. It's quite popular, from what I understand. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I met the guy, and he, he's, a, he's a cool guy, and uh, he's very friendly and stuff. And he's a, fun, he's a funny guy. And basically, uh, the site is all about, well, I guess geekdom really because we have such a huge cast of people each with their own specialty i guess you want to say like we have yeah. anime people comic book people uh gaming gaming people movie people and uh it's it's like this huge like this huge compendium of uh 
people that know their shit and love to talk about it. There you have it. Yeah. Rock on. Yeah. Um, all right, I got a question I ask uh, pretty much every reviewer. Is there um, any review that you look back at now, or you get a game that you played back then and your opinion of it changes? Like, dramatically, you, you hated a game that you reviewed, and for some reason it falls into your lap again, and you get a different view of it? Um, it's not so much I played it again and I thought differently of it, but rather, looking back on what I said of the game in my review of it, I... Um, I don't review it. Like, like, time has given me a different perspective. Uh, the original uh, Battlefield uh, Bad Company I reviewed, and I didn't give it such a good review of it. I had some issues with it, but I think I was too hard on that game. I had, I did have fun with it, but when you listen to that review and you look at that review of mine, you wouldn't know it. I wasn't too clear on how much I did enjoy the game. I think I kind of buried my good points of the game with the negatively tinged comments of it. So, if I could, I would say that I enjoyed Battlefield Bad Company more than I said I did in that review. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you know, uh, we all know, everybody here, here in this podcast knows exactly what it's like when you write uh, a less than favorable uh, review for a game that the that the raving blind fans just love. What What is probably... What game did you give a negative review that got the biggest backlash on? Oh, that that is a tie, a, a three-way tie, I think. Ooh, three-way. There's a Left 4 Dead 2. <laughs> Left 4 Dead 2, that, but I already talked about that. So you already, you already, you completely shot on Left 4 Dead 2. You say this that game was totally unplayable. I wouldn't say it was unplayable. I just said it was like, um, I didn't shit on that game. I just said, <laughs> I just said. I didn't have fun with it. I can imagine people. But you just you just didn't give it the stellar review that they were hoping. Uh, yeah. Halo ODST. I got a flack for that game for basically huh. saying like, this is a full price title for basically a disc for Halo 3's multiplayer. Halo 3's multiplayer and a five hour campaign and one play mode for full price. That's outrageous. It's outrageous. What was the third one? The third one was uh, Fallout 3. Ooh. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I liked that game. I really did. But my problems with it was that I just... Um, I think the RPG elements... What is RPG elements kind of gotten away with the gunplay? Like, uh, it, the stats revolving around how accurate you shoot kind of made it so that even if you lined up your sights perfectly, it's still a crapshoot whether you were going to hit your target or not. And there were so many variables with it. I think it just really dragged down the gunplay a lot. And I think, you know, I think you're right. I think that game still would have been really functional if you were, if the shooting mechanic was left in the hands of the player and all the other survival things were left as role playing elements. I think survival, you're right. And like, or how tough you, you know, how tough you are, and how much actual how much damage you do with your guns. I think Borderlands did it much better. You really did much better as far as the RPG gun mechanic. But uh, I. People who looked at that just like saw, kind of honed in on my saying, oh, the combat's not all that great in my opinion. And I had problems with the VAT system. I really did. I, um, maybe it was just my own ignorance through that experience, but I rarely used it at all. I, it comes with putting all your points into like marksmanship and like, how much damage you do with the guns. So it got to the point where I really didn't need to use bats because I could hold my own whenever. But, uh 
still, I got a lot of flack for that. <laughs> I That was back. That review was back when I gave scores out, and I gave that game an 8.0 out of 10. That's not a bad score. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah, difficult to always... It... <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead, Mats. <laughs> I was going to ask, do you guys have anything special going on on the site? Anything, you know, you want to promote? Anything you want the users to participate in or anything like that? Oh man, I wish I did this podcast last week. Uh, we last <laughs> week we had a we had a donation drive for Ronald McDonald House Charities. That would have been so topical for last week, but now, it would have been topical. Yeah, now, yeah. Now, now it's not. So Damn, you want, uh, if you have fails. a time machine <laughs> and you can go back in time at least a week, then you go to, go to our site and donate as much as you can. But uh, no, that's not possible. <laughs> Well, um, real quick, I mean, I'm so, looking through... Uh, really, uh, I guess, if anything, just go to the site and click around. Uh, we've got blogs on the site, so you can have your own yeah. blog. Get in and, the... and I want to stress that when you've actually done that, uh, come back to our site. And, and yeah, come on back to LDGeek.com. Yeah. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> go, to, go to that with the glasses, that guy with the glasses, but don't stay too long. Just yeah. <laughs> don't, don't overstay your welcome. <laughs> but no, you know what? It's all, it is kind of important that we we actually point out to you know to gamers and geeks and stuff out there that there are other sites, other badass fucking sites out there that aren't IGN or Game Trailers or Kotaku out there. You know, absolutely. Yeah. But I had another question for you. Um, looking through your reviews, actually, there have been some times where you, it's not a new game that you review. You do sort of a a retrospective review, mm. and I was wondering um, how you decide to take a break. Or um, schedule a, a review a review of a previously released game. Uh, in uh, to when there's been when there's been a like, kind of a lull in the new releases, I mean games that kind of deserve I like to say deserve my time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when there is, and it's not often, but there is, I uh, kind of go through my the games that I have, kind of laying around, and think about well, why did I buy that game? It's like. Why did I ask for that game? And what were the, my feelings were when I pl- first played that game? I should I should talk about that. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Matt just keeps interrupting me. He's he's evil. But um, <laughs> I was wondering if there's any games that you have on the uh, on the back burner for another lull period that we can expect in terms of retrospectives. As far as uh, as far as uh, retrospectives are concerned, I. Um... I don't have anything planned because I, I think that's more of a spontaneous thing, and it's spur of the moment. So, but when there is a lull in releases, do expect a kind of a retrospective review for me. So that's gonna ask Whoa. you. <laughs> Mott's find that somebody at Mott's house found that really fucking funny. <laughs> I'm hilarious. Can you actually can you actually hear it that well? Yes. We, no, we heard just that one guy cracking up back oh, there. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's my roommate. Uh, I was gonna ask, uh, what, what made him laugh? Ah, something on his computer. I don't know. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna ask, do you actually play these these games again, or do you, as you say, sort of go back and think of what you thought of them when you first played them? Uh, for my retrospective uh, re- yeah. reviews, yeah, I play them again. Okay, I play cool. them again. I uh, well, I kind of have to in order to record the footage for the review, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do play them again, and then I sometimes, if my feelings were different, are different, I will talk about how uh, maybe this game hasn't really aged all that well, or uh, or maybe it has aged gracefully, 
you know, perfect example of timeless gameplay or something like that. Like, uh, I can play, to this day, the original Guitar Hero. I can't. I love the song lineup in that game. I do. Huh. It, it's all covers. It's all covers, but they'll... For covers, those were astounding covers. Huh. That's pretty cool. Right, what about, uh, um, now, we went over, like, uh, talking about games that you, um, that you kind of disagreed with, but that the, that most of the, of the mass, uh, video game media had said were okay. Now, were there any games that you actually said were actually good games that most people actually said were bad? Hmm. Bad versus... Well, I know that, uh, Indigo Prophecy, as great as it was, a lot of people say it was a little cinematic game. It had a very good atmosphere, but I think a lot of people honed in on the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, there wasn't a lot to the gameplay. There really wasn't a lot to the gameplay. And the, uh, because basically all you, it was, it was, if you think about it, it was a glorified point and click game. If you really think about it. And I think a lot of people going into it weren't expecting that. And I think that caught them off guard. And, uh... But I was able to look past that, and even when the game's plot kind of went off in another dimension, really. <laughs> almost I mean, literally, yeah. Almost literally. But I I love that game. I really do. I mean, I, if I still gave out scores, I would give that game a 9 out of 10. I really would. Wow. The only way I would give that a 10 out of 10 is if they, um, I don't, I don't know, if they... I think the game, when it said, like, you're entering a world where anything can happen and every decision and choice you make has an effect on the game. Yeah, it does, but not in the way you think it would. It doesn't really affect the plot. It just affects, like, how well your character is doing. Hmm. The game. It's like the game's in-game's version of health. So. Yeah. yeah. That so brings that... up a good point, actually. Um, so, so you said you, you didn't uh, do scores anymore. No. Do you have any specific reason why you stopped doing that? Um, when you give a game a score, you put the idea into the into the person viewing it that any game is comparable to the other. Like, if uh, this game, this game got a five and this game got a six, so this six must be better than that game. I was like, no, no, it doesn't mean that. It just means that for its genre and for its time, it deserves that score. And really, ask yourself what technically classifies as a five there's so many variables that goes into it that you, there's no concrete answer so i just decided that you know what i'm not even going to do scores anymore i'm just going to say at the end of my review if you should play it or not and if you should why you should there you have it oh, no. yeah no we, we totally we totally fucking agree with that yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh well. Um. So, uh, what is your what's on your plate right now? What do you uh, what's going to be your next game that you plan on reviewing, or are you kind of taking taking the holiday off? Uh, to anyone who would see my release schedule, it seemed like I was taking the holiday off, but that is non-consensual. <laughs> Gamefly is reaming me up the ass right now. I would have done the saboteur. I would have done that, but unfortunately, Gamefly is being a bitch right now and not sending it to me. And I refuse to rent it from game, you know, from Blockbuster, considering that I'm not going to pay for two different, you know, ways to rent the same game, technically speaking. Right. So I'm not going to rent it from Blockbuster, then get an email saying, "Oh, you know, it's coming your way." It's like, fuck. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to do that. So, uh, looks like I, I had Saboteur lined up for this coming Tuesday, but that has been canceled. 
So uh, it looks like December is not going to have a video game review for me. So, ah, um, all right. I think, yeah, I think there. Um, didn't you have a uh, um, a collaborative project coming up or oh. um, something like that? Uh, yeah, just... I have a collaborative uh, project coming up with the uh, Spoonie, uh, the Spoonie one, also known as Noah Antweiler from the Spoonie Experiment. So that that should be a lot of fun coming up. And that's not a video game review. Uh, no, not a video game review. It is a review of a horribly animated uh, Korean animated movie. Huh. Seems a bit random. Yeah, it's a bit, I'll say. It's a bit random, but, you know, I figure that uh, I, I don't have to be all serious all the time. Every now and then I can, you know, have a little fun and poke fun at a movie that uh, I think totally deserves it. Huh. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Awesome. Well, we should actually uh, we should actually wrap it up here. Um, everybody, that was uh, Ben the Sage from uh, thatguywithglasses.com. dot com, or uh, as they as they told me earlier, you can type in twtg.com. dot com, and it'll actually go <laughs> to thatguywithglasses.com. dot com. Um, on our site, um, be sure to check out if you haven't already, and you might be living under a rock if you haven't already checked out our. Uh, top 10 most anticipated games of 2010 this year. Uh, also, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. Be sure to subscribe to our Facebook page. Be sure to subscribe to our Twitter account. And um, big thank you to uh, Mots, who is actually doing uh, some work on our site right now. Um, a huge thank you for, to Mots for actually not breaking the site while doing it. Um, <laughs> so everybody, seriously, send your send your loves and, and hugs and kisses and shit to uh, Norway because... Uh, he did the change without making the psycho down for a minute. Send your yep. hugs um, and kisses to Norway. That's right. Send your hugs and kisses to Norway. Um, yeah, Gavin, go ahead. You actually wanted to talk about the... Uh, the... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yes, I wanted to talk about the... Yeah, yes, I do. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> actually, guys, you want to keep it tuned to our site for the remainder of the year because we've got some big stuff planned, not the least of which is our best of 2009 series. Every site's got them. Ours is going to be the best, naturally. So you want to keep yes. it up. we got genre awards. we got... Uh, console awards we got the best game of 2009 as decided by us you're definitely going to want to stick around and that's just the tip of the iceberg we got a lot of stuff coming so you just want to keep tuned to the site and commenting on everything we put up because that's how we know whether or not we're doing awesome or doing just less than awesome yeah and also you know our reviews are actually fully legitimate because we've played the games and we're not going to give away the mountain dew fucking crush game of the year award all right we, oh, speaking about uh, speaking about what Randy's insulting, we're gonna have a live Skype chat for the. <laughs> Although by the time this is up, you'll probably have missed it. So if you have the time machine for Bennett's um, charity drive, also make sure to do a stop till um, at tomorrow. So yeah, rock on. Uh, just just I'm gonna say this now because by the time everybody hears this, the site you know the uh, the video game awards are gonna be over. But I think those things are bullshit. Yeah. Seriously, the Mountain Dew Award? Come the fuck on. They had that last year as well. <laughs> it comes with actual Mountain Dew. Made out of Did you guys, Do you guys remember the intro with Jack Black and the singing Naked Ladies? Mm-hmm. No. We'll, we'll talk about that uh, next podcast, yeah, everybody. <laughs> next podcast will be our VGA kind of reaction, but yeah, that's it from me. Yep. Do so. Yep. Thanks, thanks, everybody, for listening in. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yep. Later. Later, guys.